Welcome to the Julia Curated Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Julia, and this is an informative and entertaining home and lifestyle podcast where we deep dive into one interesting topic each week. Sometimes I invite informed co-hosts on to share their important viewpoints, and sometimes you're stuck with just me. But whatever form or fashion this might come in, I hope you leave with a good random fact or two that you can drop at your next dinner party or to the stranger standing behind you in the line at Starbucks. And so without further ado, I give you this week's episode with my dear friend who is joining me as guest co-host, April Perrin from AP Styled. I have known her for over a decade, but for those of you who don't, she is both highly educated and versed in the world of fashion. She knows not only how to be an incredible stylist, but she also looks at style through the lens of business, ethics, and sustainability. And she's here to talk trends, but of course we can't stay on one topic. And so we cover the underbelly of the fast fashion world, how we can start to look at our own wardrobe choices through sustainability and a bunch of other great stuff. So I'm glad you're here. And here is this week's chat with April. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I got my tea. That's so funny. I have tea. (laughs) (laughs) It was either going to be tea or wine, but you know, I I just, as I've gotten older, like doing wine at night, it's just, it gets me sleepy at first, but then I, it will, it will wake me up inevitably in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. Same here. And I'll just wake up. It doesn't matter if I smell it. If I have six glasses of it, I will have a headache, Mm. like no matter Mm -hmm. what. And now I can't even have a full glass of wine without getting tipsy. So it's just Mm. not fun. Yeah. No, no. Drinking like, uh, yeah. In your late thirties and into 40, it's just not the same. I agree. I see why people give it up because it's like, this really isn't doing anything for me. Yeah. But I also like, I've noticed that older women that are like fifties or Mm sixties, they come back at it real hard and they never have hangovers. So I feel like we're just in that lull of it. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Like pre pre menopause. Yeah. (laughs) They're like hitting the bottle hard and it just seems like they're like unaffected. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how about you, you try it out first and then you, you tell me how it is I'll report back don't worry yeah, yeah. okay well I am so excited that we're going to talk spring style yes I think that we need to start with our story of our friendship though when yes. we met yes let's all right so wanna... I was trying to think of this I know that okay so I was dating Steve right? I met Steve or I met Lisa through Steve. It was kind of a funny story. I don't know if you ever heard it, but like Steve took me to the cidery and all the group of friends was there and we're supposed, oh my God. Okay. I have to tell it to you real quick. Um, yeah. So we go on, like, this is our second or third date. And I was still like, I mean, he's a nice guy and he's handsome, whatever, but it was more, it was just not feeling like it should. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And um, so we go to the cidery and we walk in and literally that whole entire group of friends are there. And I see Lisa and Lisa like pats the stool next to her and she's like, come here. And I'm like, great. <laughs> There's the overprotective friend who's like going to grill me about this guy. For um, sure. 
and she was like, hi, I'm Lisa. And so we just ended up talking for like two and a half hours. I didn't even see Steve the whole entire date. I was like, I, I mean, you're a nice guy, but like, I'm more interested in <laughs> a friendship with her. And so that's how I met her. And I met oh. you through her, but you weren't there that day at the cidery, were you? I don't think so. Cause that's not, that's not ringing a bell for me for some reason. Yeah. So I don't remember. I don't, I don't, well, I don't even then remember like when our first introduction even was do you yeah we were at dinner and I just remember like being like wow she's tall and gorgeous but I don't (laughs) oh you know where it was it was at that continental divide restaurant (gasps) yes Yes. that's exactly where it was wait were you with Steve or yes and Lisa and you oh my gosh where why why do I know this is like this time period of my life just has vanished yeah, okay so children. I yeah exactly okay so we were at Continental Divide and Lisa mm-hmm. and I met you and Steve there yeah okay all right I think this is like slowly coming back to me now oh yeah how long did you and Steve date it wasn't oh, that long was right like, no because then it was just like I think we I think it was just like we like shook hands and I was like we're not gonna kiss <laughs> <laughs> it would be like kissing my brother because he was such a good guy he was so friendly and sweet and you know I was getting out of that horrible relationship so I was like I'm not ready and you're just nice and I love all your friends so I don't want to ruin it yes uh, okay <laughs> good well I well, if that- anything I'm glad he led you to us yes and so that how long ago was that 10 years oh, I feel like more than that because I think it was like 10 or 11 years because 10 years would be 2023. I mean, 2013. And I moved to Richmond in 2013. Okay. So it's probably been 12 years. Yeah. Wowzer. I know. Long time. Okay. So you're, you're so, um, your background in fashion is extensive. Mm -hmm. Let's start there. You worked for Stacy of Stacy and Clinton. <laughs> what was their show? Okay, so the show, remember, was what not to wear. Yes. Right? That was it, right? Yeah, that's and it. Now, why am I like totally blanking all of a sudden? But yes, the show that you know made them popular and Carmendy, the makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And She, so this was after the show, Stacy started her own, she was a co-founder of Style for Hire with this other woman who was a friend of hers. And so they co-founded this company, Style for Hire, which is when I met her and worked for her for a a brief period of time. Okay. What was she like? Spill the tea. I mean, she's just like you would, this is what, and this is what I appreciate about you, Julia, is that she is like, whatever you saw on TV is what she was in real life. Um, She was, you know, very outgoing, very um, loud and boisterous. And I think she's originally from New York, like a whole New Yorker vibe, um, but super friendly and down to earth. Um, Yeah. She seems like that. And she seems like just the epitome of classic timeless style. 
you know, mm-hmm. she did trends. I feel like she did trends, but she did them in a way that it just, it felt so effortless. Yeah, it did. And you know, here's a funny thing that I remember about this is when like we had to go, we were in New York for like you, if you were selected, you went to New York and essentially she imparted all of her style knowledge to us stylist or wanting to become stylist. And she, like, I was sitting on the front row, completely starstruck by her. And she actually called me up to come <gasps> up in front of all the people because of the outfit I was wearing. Oh my and let God. Me, yeah. Let me tell you, I like contemplated for weeks before going like, what am I going to wear? And I'm meeting Stacey London and she's this, you know, the style guru. And she actually brought me up front and used my outfit as an example. Um, and, and basically she was like, this is a great outfit and this is how it works for her and, you know, my body type and because, and I was tall and I was, I remember I was wearing these like over the knee boots and she was saying essentially, like, if you had a petite client, this outfit probably would not work. And she was like, but this is a person who knows how to dress for their body type and this is great style. And I was just like, Oh my God, my life is. (laughs) Was somebody recording this? I feel like I would, I I mean, was this kind of before cell phones were just constantly in our hands streaming? Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, she even had like a, I remember I covertly took pictures in there, but you weren't even supposed to take pictures while you were in the like classroom setting. I am just like, I feel like I would have just freaked out, screamed at her, probably in her face, an uncontrollable like burst of energy because I would have just been over the moon. That's so cool. I never knew that. I know. And, you know, I don't, I just, I, it's one of those things, you know, I forget, I don't forget about it, but I don't always think to share it. And then when I tell people, I guess it should be one of those like fun facts. You know, like, oh, I used to work for Stacey London or something. Yes, um, April, you should lead with that. This is why cool things never happen to me because I'm so obnoxious about them. I would make t-shirts. I would be like, she thought I dressed well. <laughs> <laughs> I would work that into every single conversation. Hi, I'm Julia. Stacey London thinks that I dress really well. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm missing. Okay. T-shirts tomorrow. Yeah. And coffee mugs. Don't forget the coffee And coffee mugs, yes. All right. So let's get down to it. What are we looking at for spring 2023? What are like some of the top trends you're seeing coming up on the radar? Okay. So there's, there are quite a few. And I just want to say that I think, not I think, but coming out of COVID, obviously during COVID, there were, that was like the pinnacle of casual attire you know, fancy pajamas and loungewear and athleisure attire. And since we're coming out of COVID, a lot of people are wanting to give their, you know, their outfits a little bit of a boost, a little bit of like, hey, let's bring out the sequins. It's been two years and I haven't been able to wear this sequin dress anywhere. So you're seeing that um, in fashion and just on, you know, I say fashion. And when I say fashion, I think of, more of like fashion houses and brands. But then obviously, you know, even since I started this, started in fashion years ago, there were there wasn't Instagram. And now mm-hmm. you have so many influencers, you have so many street style 
there's so much influence through street style. So you're even seeing this on street style where people are really stepping up their game because, you know, the past two years, most people were at home and then didn't have a really an occasion to get out and to wear nicer clothes or fancier clothes. But so I say all that to say that I feel like fashion in this spring particularly is really upped its game. So mm -hmm. a lot of color, um, cobalt blue is like the spring color. Mm -hmm. um, I know, which is interesting because I don't always gravitate towards cobalt blue. I think it's beautiful, um, but I'm seeing a lot of, of blue and not just cobalt blue, but like different shades of blue, lots of pastels, like pink is coming back, not necessarily millennial pink, but more of a pastel pink, lavender, mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of lavender for spring. Um, florals, of course, are always there for springtime. And then one of the biggest trends making a comeback that I will not be able to get on board with is low rise pants. Um, that, that was one of our listener questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I got it at quite a few times. And most of those were followed by the oh emoji face, you know, the one that's like, Oh, my God, are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, okay, we can't do it. We've had children. Ain't no I way. Know. There's no way. There's no way. That's just one of those things where I'm like, that that has been done. I'll save that. You know, we'll save that for the younger folks who haven't had children. Um, and it's funny. I think about when I was in high school, there were various trends that would come through. And I remember my mom saying, oh, you know, I wore that when I was in high school. Or I wore that in college. And like, I would not wear that again. And I, I felt similarly when the 90s, you know, there's the 90s trend is huge right now and so I see a lot of these high school women wearing stuff that I wore in high school and it just feels weird it feels it does you know so to wear it now as an adult as a mom it just it feels weird because you think I've been there you know I wore that in high school and so yes even though uh, low-waisted uh, or low-rise pants might be coming back that is not one trend that you feel like you have to jump on board with Good, because I am not. Now, I have a very specific question, and I want your opinion on it, about okay. moms. Mm. Do you find yourself dressing in a similar aesthetic as your mother at the same age she was as your age now? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, because I feel like I will pull stuff out of my closet, and I'll say to myself, oh, my God, this is Betsy at 36, I literally That's just pulled a Betsy at 36 outfit out of my closet and I'm going to rock it because I love it. I, yes, I think that does happen. Now, I will say I don't feel that way for my mom, my own mom, because mm -hmm. she was in corporate America the okay. whole time I was growing up. So she, <laughs> and this was like, you know, 90s, like power suits, late oh, 80s, Lord. The, early the 90s shoulder pads. Suits hundred percent which shoulder pads are like I just saw this this article the other day um in Paris I think it was during Paris Fashion Week I don't remember which designer it was but they were showcasing shoulder pads again and then I think people collectively were like a big sigh like no please not again no, <laughs> shoulder pads burn again burn them use them as kindling we're not doing that again yeah yeah but I think that's I think that's totally normal to um you know, wear similar styles that perhaps your mom did or your, your parents wore. I just think it's different for me because I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the corporate world. And even if I were in the corporate world, people aren't wearing those power suits like they did in the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's a good thing. In my, in my humble opinion, 
<laughs> I don't sure. consider myself a fashionista, but I know when something ain't cute. <laughs> oh, get out of here. You absolutely are a fashionista. I, I like remember that about like one of the first times meeting you. I was like, oh, I like her. She is so cute and put together. So oh, well. yes. You are. Thank you. I was trying, I was probably trying to impress a guy. And so I really, I really laid it on thick, but now, (laughs) now I dress for myself and it's funny how that changes too. I mean, we're talking about, I knew you and I would not be able to stay on one singular topic, but it's funny how the mentality behind your wardrobe kind of shifts throughout different phases of your life. And I get dressed now, not for anybody else. Mm -hmm. I get dressed because on the days when I feel good about my outfit, I tend to feel more productive and peaceful as a person. They're very Mm -hmm. much tied together for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When do you feel like, what are you wearing when you're like, this is most me or this is most my most authentic Julia self what would that be that's probably like in the spring and summer a sundress mm-hmm. or the flowy maxi dress but it has to also have something interesting and a cut that is form flattering mm-hmm. it can't just be a spaghetti strap maxi get my get what I'm saying it needs to be like form fitted on the top flowy on the bottom um I love what I always mispronounce these shoes. Hirachas. Hira- mm-hmm. yeah. Her- Hiracha. Did I say it right? You did. You did. Holy mackerel. Hirachas. And then like a bangle, a stack of bangles, a big statement ring, big statement earrings, and a strong lip. And I'm like, I could take on the I'm the next president. <laughs> <laughs> In a sundress. I love it. I love it. How That's about perfect. you? I think I'm similar. I, I, I'm a spring, summer type of gal. I do not like the cold weather, even though I have a collection of coats that would speak otherwise. You would look at my collection of coats and boots and say, she must really love cold weather. Um, But I am similar to you. I love a dress. I love a sundress. And I, you know, I gravitate towards more of the classic silhouettes. So if it's cinched in the waist, that feels good to me. And, um, I like, a. I don't really wear heels anymore, but you know, for me, a, a wedge or a platform, um, with a sundress and, and yes, earrings for me are kind of like what I cannot leave home without. And I do love lipstick. I love a bold lip color and, and also, you know, in the wintertime I wear berets, like that's my signature, style piece and that's that's kind of when I feel like why most of myself is if I'm wearing one of my berets and I feel like you're you have to be a specific person to pull a beret off like I'm normally not that specific as to like I I guess I should say it like I think most people can pull most things off right Mm -hmm. but a beret is a very specific thing. You have to have the right face shape. You have to have the right confidence to pull it off, in my opinion. You think so? I Oh my say, God. Yeah, I don't know. I people say that a lot. They're like, you know, I I I would like to wear a beret. I just don't think it would look right. And I'm not convinced. I haven't styled enough people <laughs> with berets and maybe that's you know kind of 2.0 i need to start putting people in berets and say no i actually think you you can wear this how about you start with me i'll be your guinea pig 
Okay, let's do it. Your beret guinea pig. I love it. <laughs> okay, so it's back to spring. Yes. We're looking at cobalt. Right. We're looking at pink. We're looking mm-hmm. at, are we doing patterns? Because that's the other thing that I straight up adore. Yeah, I mean, definitely patterns. You'll always see a lot of florals in springtime. Another big thing that I don't think I mentioned are maxi skirts. So maxi skirts are really making a comeback as well. Um, okay, hold on. Let me look this up. What is a maxi skirt? Is that like a maxi dress, but it's made out of a different material? It's just a oh. long skirt. Yeah. It's I like, love those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It would Just for the listeners, basically, it's like... I, I bought a bunch of these last year because they were all over Target. And I was like, this looks super comfortable. They are high-waisted. Most of the time, high-waisted. They go down mid-calf mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're flowy. Sometimes they have seams that split them into thirds. I don't know what that's called. Um, they're tiered. There we go. Yeah, they're tiered. tiered. Tiered maxi skirts. Yep. But it's very 1970s hippie chic. I'm totally. Saying. Okay. Totally. Totally. Um, and it, it, again, all depends on how you style it. You know, for me, like the 1960s, 70s era, for some people, they love that. That's their, like Jane Birkin is their style icon. But how I would take that, because I'm more of a like 1940s, 50s style um, icon type of person, is that I would style that differently than perhaps, you know, you would see in the 70s or the late 60s but again that's what's great about fashion is that if a trend comes and it works for you and you like it and great go for it or if it comes and you're like this is terrible like low-rise anything at this stage of my like life that's a terrible idea so you know we're just gonna let that one go well thank god now i have a question (laughs) getting back to the because i want to i want to create a visual here so say I was, I'm going to pick out a maxi skirt mm-hmm. and I want to style it in the seventies. What type mm-hmm. of blouse would go on the top of that one compared to the style of blouse I would put if I was trying to evoke maybe more of a mid-century forties, fifties look? Right, right. So when you think about seventies, um, you know, naturally what comes to my mind is sort of a hippie, flowy free love type of era. Again, I always equate Jane Birkin to, to this time period or share, um, you know, like early, like 70s share. And so I would say more of a, either you could do like a tank top with a belt, or you could like a white tank top with a belt, or you could do more of a flowy, um, like peasant type of shirt. That's a, a, a linen blend or sort of a organza or not organza, excuse me. Um, what is the name of the material for completely Goss, like a gossip? Gauzy, gauzy, gauzy. I got you. I was in, in my brain. I'm like envisioning all of these things. That's why I could recall it so quickly. I was like, <laughs> I know where she's going. I'm building up this outfit in my mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's what I would equate more to a seventies style and aesthetic. And, you know, this is what's great about Pinterest too, is just to throw Pinterest in there is that you could just go on Pinterest and say, um, 70s style maxi skirt and then see what comes up and see what resonates with you and you're like oh yeah I like this particular style or this look or I have something similar in my closet um, and then for you know 40s 50s era I would think more um, feminine more uh, tailored uh, mm-hmm. because obviously clothes during that point during that time period very tailored 
to the woman's body. And so I, like if I was gonna wear a maxi skirt, I probably wouldn't, it would not be all the way floor length. So when we say maxi, it's, it's like a maxi dress. Like typically it's gonna fall back, it's gonna fall past mid calf, like almost okay. right above your ankles. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of maxi skirts. Like I love a mid calf skirt. So I would probably take this trend and wear a midi skirt um and then more of a to create a more tailored look i might wear a uh boxier jacket um or blazer with it or i might wear a button-up shirt you know a, like a crisp white button-up shirt then that mm -hmm. would evoke sort of this 1950s style i got you now can i put a boot under it yeah under a maxi skirt yeah yeah i'm just thinking on, like yeah transitioning yeah. go ahead <laughs> just transitioning in Virginia you know like here it's it's different like if you were down in Florida but we get those like this morning it was 30 degrees when I left the house and by noon it was 60 and it's right. so it's like you kind of have to have that transition and you talked about this on your Instagram um transitioning the style from seasons mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no, you definitely can. And it depends on, you know, the material of the skirt. So would I put a gauzy, lightweight skirt with a boot? No, but I would put a cotton skirt or a poly blend skirt or a heavier crepe skirt with a boot, okay. um, if that makes sense. Or you could also do like a, you know, if, you, if you're talking about boot as a boot that comes up, you know, to your knees versus an ankle boot, Obviously, there are, you know, a lot of different options. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Because I was like, I have some boots and I just, I didn't wear them. As you know, in Virginia, we did not get too much of like that cold, cold weather where you're in a boot for two weeks. So I feel like I need to get my money's worth out of them. Which brings me to my next thought yeah. of money and ethics and uh -huh. sustainable clothing. We got a lot of questions that were like, Tell us the evil dark side of fast fashion. And oh. <laughs> yeah, for those listeners out there that do not know what fast fashion is, I'm going to give you my definition. But of course, April, you probably have a more thorough one. But basically, my layman's concept of fast fashion is anything you'd find on Amazon, right? Other than artisan made. It's things that are produced, not of great quality, uh, not ethically, mm -hmm. uh, but it's made for cheap right? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially it. And it's not just, um, I mean, Amazon is one example, but essentially when I talk to people about fast fashion is that fast fashion is the process by which clothes are rapidly produced. Um, they're often very trendy and they're often very cheap. And with the idea being that they are essentially disposable, um, and when I say disposable, it's that, you know, they're, they're very trendy. They're not going, the quality is not the best. So they're not likely going to be able to last you a very long time. And um, yes, it's just trendy and it's cheap. And it is something that, you know, in the fashion cycle, it moves very quickly. So think of brands like H&M, like Zara, mm -hmm. um, those would be Shein. Um, which has become huge um, in the past several years, which is out of China. And um, these are, and now actually 
they have a term now called ultra fast fashion brands. So it's not even fast fashion. Now you have ultra fast fashion, which would include like Boohoo. Um, I think Boohoo is out of Asia too. I'm not exactly sure. And then Shein, which is out of China. Mm. So why, what is so bad about them other than waste? <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> give me your like give me your because I know you and I can talk about this all day not that it's you know not important but we're gonna probably have to do a follow-up episode because I feel like we could fill an entire episode of of the conversations you and I have had off air mm-hmm. you know just talking as friends you have brought light to things where I was like oh my god I had no idea no mm-hmm. idea so give me like, give me the overarching yeah, yeah. theme of, of why it's bad and, and what, and then I want to kind of talk about what we can do as consumers to curb it. Right. Um, yes. So fast fashion. And what we could also do, Julia, is like in the show notes, I assume you have show notes on your podcast, yeah. um, you can link. I gave a TEDx talk on this several years ago oh, awesome. um, and it's just strictly like a six minute elevator speech really on fast fashion and the harmful impact of fast fashion. Okay. Um, yeah. So people, yeah, people are interested in it. They can watch that TEDx talk and it, I go into a little bit more detail. Um, but yes, fa- so fast fashion is a problem in multiple ways. You hit on waste Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very big one. And um, the and not just waste. When I say waste, it's really hard to quantify how much waste is happening for these brands. So just to give a little bit of history to provide some context for your listeners, um, fashion used to be on basically two really big cycles. Um, you would have fall, uh, you know, kind of summer, late summer, fall fashion, mm-hmm. and then you would have spring fashion and that would go into summer. So basically like um, late summer, fall fashion, and then winter, early spring fashion. And fashion you used to be much slower, right? So you would go into a store And that department store would say, hey, like we've gotten our fall items in. Mm -hmm. And then they would have those items for the remainder of the fall. They might get a few extra pieces. Now, nowadays, fashion is on such a rapid cycle because we as the consumer expect to go into the store and see something different every single time. And it and through this process over the past i would say really this started in the late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. um and i actually go dive into this and in much deeper history in my master's thesis which is what i wrote this on um but when nafta happened and we set, signed this trade agreement and then so most of the clothing production used to happen here in the united states and then our clothing production slowly but surely in the 90s started happening overseas um and then now whereas 80 percent of clothing used to be made here in the united states now 90 95 percent 
maybe even more higher uh, of our clothing is made overseas, wow. often in often in develop, developing countries. And the issue with that is that there are, we have less control over laws and regulations, right? So mm-hmm. um, while certain fast fashion brands say, well, we're committed to sustainability or we're committed to paying our workers fairly, usually what happens for these brands is they contract with, um, let's say they'll contract with a, um, a warehouse in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and they'll say, we need this, these many items made, and this is our turnaround time, et cetera, et cetera. And they pay that factory a certain amount of money. Now, what happens at that factory and how much those garment workers are getting paid, that's often ambiguous, um, and it's often hard to track down. So H&M can say, and I hate to point out certain brands, but I'll just say X fast fashion brand can say, well, we've paid this factory in Bangladesh, you know, what we were supposed to. And, you know, what they do is really not our responsibility. But at the end of the day, it is. So when you have that many clothes that are being produced at such a rapid rate, um, and then it's it's a negative environmental impact, but it's also a negative impact on the workers and the garment workers. And really, to me, you know, when I started this whole thing, it was because of the research and the documentaries that I was seeing and the news articles I was seeing about the ethical treatment of these garment workers. And mm-hmm. so anyway, if people want to learn more about this, the documentary they need to watch is called The True Cost. Um, it used to be on Netflix, but I think you can watch it on YouTube now. Um, so if people want really a deep dive into this, then they should absolutely watch the true cost. And I guarantee you it will change forever the way that you view, um, fast fashion. Okay. This is great because the next thing I want to ask you is, can you suggest three brands that are ethical, that perhaps maybe a low, medium, high price range is what I always like to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first I will always say, and one thing I, I hear often in this like ethical, sustainable fashion space is I can't afford to pay, you know, this is what my budget is and I can't right. afford to pay ethical and sustainable prices. And I totally get that. You have to do what's right for your family and for your budget. And so what I often say is, you know, see if you can find it secondhand. Now, you know, Julia, I'm a huge fan of consignment shopping, secondhand shopping. Um, yes. You and you are, you are good with it. You have the gift. I am convinced that there's certain people out there I don't know if it is their pheromones, their hormones, something they've done in the past life, but certain people can go into thrift stores and get a damn haul. And then the rest (laughs) of us are like, lucky if we get a moth bitten sweater that kind of smells like cat TT. And I'm just like, where is April getting all this cute crap from? (laughs) I think, well, I mean, that could be its own like podcast episode because I think Often people don't realize there are different levels of like when you say secondhand, you have places like Goodwill, um, you know, where people just dump their stuff 
all the way up to there's this great place in Richmond called Clementine. Yes. And it's a very high end secondhand store, which often when people walk in there, they don't even realize that they're in a consignment store because all of the garments are very well taken care of. And so, yeah, I think it, it can be it can be challenging and sometimes it requires a little bit more thoughtfulness. Um, I, I also love Poshmark. So Poshmark is great if there is a specific brand that you know that you love and you mm -hmm. know how their clothing fits. Um, I always go to Poshmark first and I just like type in, like for example, this winter, there was a specific J. Crew coat that I wanted and I just wanted a different color. I knew what size I needed. I went on to Poshmark, J. Crew, red coat, this size. And then I looked to see who was selling it. And sure enough, somebody was selling it new with tags. And, you know, I bought it for half of what I would have paid for new, you know, retail. So I always like to push people to think about shopping secondhand first, because I think for so long, um, I didn't do that. I just was like, oh, I need this. So I'm going to buy it new. But now my mindset is, oh, I need this. Can I find it secondhand or can I find it used? And if I can't, then, you know, here are my other options. So then I will get into brands, um, brands that I like, I would say sort of a, a low to mid-level ethical brand that has gained huge, has become wildly popular in the past several years. And that's Everlane. Have you shopped at Everlane? No, but I'm literally writing this down. I have to re-listen to our podcast, of course, but like I've been making notes this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> So Everlane. Everlane is great. They're great for basics. Um, and I, you know, I have a, several pair of jeans there that I've had, I don't know, I mean, pre-kids. So like at least six or seven years and still in great shape. Um, and they have good shoes as well. So Everlane is a great one. Um, while we're on the topic of shoes, I love Nisolo. It's N-I-S-O-L-O, -O, Nisolo. They're out of Nashville and a great ethical company. Um, I also love Able, um, also out of Nashville, and it's A-B-L-E. Mm. Um, and they have shoes and they have clothes and jewelry as well. And then, I mean, when you get to higher end, the options are endless. I mean, gosh, I wish I had the budget for some of these like mm -hmm. higher end brands. Um, but I, you know, I think of Ula Johnson. I mean, she's probably my favorite designer, um, is very thoughtful about her process. Christy Dawn is another one. Um, Doen, D-O-E-N. But I would say these brands are, Again, I don't know what your budget is, but I would say these Ula Johnson, Doen, Christy Dawn, I mean, those dresses are going to run you anywhere from 250 and up. Oh. Well, that's above my budget. I'm still paying <laughs> off our kitchen renovation until we're, I don't know, dead in the ground for 40 years. So, but I mean, the good thing is, even though it costs more, and you can vouch for this because I've heard you talk about it on your Instagram. These are pieces that are should be looked at as special pieces in your wardrobe. You're not going to get rid of them. They will, they're timeless. They'll transition. You can add a jacket to them. You can add a belt to them. And so it's an investment. But when you look at it stacked up against six pieces of fast mm -hmm. fashion, low mm -hmm. quality, trendy, that will end up at Goodwill, you're probably saving yourself money in the long run. 
Yeah, there's something that um, I always talk about as a stylist, and it's the CPW cost per wear. Mm-hmm. And I just always try to impart that to any of my clients that, um, yes, it, it's hard when you're making an argument of, well, I could buy five pieces at this store versus one piece at this store. Um, but I always encourage people to think of cost per wear. So how many, how long are you going to keep this garment? Is it something that's going to be in your wardrobe for, let's say, five years mm-hmm. um, at a minimum? And then how many times a year are you going to wear this? Okay. And then like divide that by the cost and then you'll get the cost per wear. And, you know, when you, when you think of it that way, and when you think, how do I want to say this? So as consumers, we really have to retrain and we rewire our brain and thought process on how we shop because it has just become, I mean, we're inundated with advertising, um, constantly on every sort of platform and media and this idea of like, oh, I need to buy this and oh, I need this and this and this. But when you really look at clothing as something that's an investment and something that if you're really intentional about it and thoughtful about it of like, hey, I could really like use this in my closet for years to come mm-hmm. and, and you know, shifting the way that we think then to me, that's, that's the game changer is like, it's really having a shift in the way you think about shopping. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. We all have those days where we're like, God, I just need some retail therapy. Yes. (laughs) You know, you're like, I, you know, I just, I want a new dress and this dress makes me happy. And I'm not trying to be like a killjoy. I, you know, I think that's, that's great. But my, my thing is like, we're all on a journey and your journey looks different than mine and that's perfectly fine and my journey looks different than somebody else's Um, but the thing is that we're all trying to be a little bit more thoughtful in what we buy yeah i feel like whenever you talk about stuff you're not saying like go hard core you're just saying like introduce balance into your mindset when it comes to your closet and this is this is how you can do it um easily so I get that. Right. Now we do have about, let me see, we've got about five more minutes. Can we do some more listener questions? Yeah, please. Okay. All right. So we already, oh, we already went through the low rise jeans and no, they are not coming back. Don't, here's the thing. I feel like we can tell the fashion industry. Absolutely not. And this is, this is one of those moments where we should all revolt and not buy those. Yeah. We should not buy low rise jeans. I'll okay. sign the petition. Let's, Let's do it. Do it. <laughs> Okay, um, this came from a listener. She wants to know how to style silk silk scarves. And I think I just saw something on your Instagram about this. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. I this... love silk scarves. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just, I, what I'll do is I'll share this podcast episode. And then I will put directly behind it that reel for people because it is such an elegant touch to any mm-hmm. outfit. You will automatically look like you're driving a Rolls Royce. You got a cool $2 million in the bank and you can throw some law down on somebody, in my opinion. Totally. Yes, yes. It is, to me, a silk scarf is like the epitome of chic. So if you want to yeah. add like... And it's this, like the smallest accessory. That's what I always try to tell people is that the smallest accessories can elevate your look and take it to the next level um, in such minor ways. But yes, if you want to take your outfit 
from okay to like incredibly chic at a silk scarf every time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they did, they just, uh, I don't know. I, actually, you know what I wanted to say about this one was they could also be an investment because when I went to an auction, who's the, who's the, the scarf guy, Hermes? Or, oh gosh. Wait, did you right? find an Hermes? Yes. I found four. What? No, I didn't buy them because they were so ridiculous, but they had, to, oh. they had, they had been framed. Yeah. Yeah. And they were gorgeous and somebody had them in their pool house. Um, and yeah, they went for a buckets of money. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they did. Vintage <laughs> Hermes would go for buckets of money. It was buckets. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to get this cause it's cute. And they passed. They, I said, absolutely not. That's always <laughs> college fund. And I can't spend that on a scarf. <laughs> Jeremy will divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> now I will tell you, this is just a side note. When every time we have been in France and like when we were in Nice last time, they have a market every Saturday I always find silk scarves, they're vintage silk scarves. Now, of course, I've never found, I mean, they do have designer ones, but similar to you, it's like, I cannot pay this much, but mm-hmm. I have found some beautiful um, designer, like silk scarves at these French markets. I'm seriously thinking about coming and meeting y'all over there. I would love that. Please do. I will. I mean, I'm going to okay. try. It's like, you know how it is as a mom. I it's know. Like, oh God, can I go? Should I go? <laughs> Uh, okay, so our next question is how to find the colors that look best on you. Mm-hmm. Okay, there I hear this question a lot nowadays, and I assume it's because I have seen, I talked about this on Instagram a few days ago. I have seen this growing trend for these color specialists or color, I forget what they're called. I think they're called like color stylists where people specialize in um, color analyses and um, what your season is. And they will give you analysis and then tell you what colors look best for you. Now, let me say as a disclosure, and I said this on my Instagram, I've never had one of these done. So mm-hmm. I cannot speak um, to their process. My thought is that often it kind of pigeonholes you into wearing certain colors and then giving you this mindset that I can't wear this color because it's not flattering on me. When often there are actually very few colors that like what I have seen, there are very few colors that most people like can't wear. Um and we all know, like we all put on a color, a certain color and you can look in the mirror and be like, yeah, that's not, that's not flattering on me. Right. And I always tell people the colors that look best on you are the colors when you wear them or you're photographed in them are the, the ones that people are like, oh my gosh, that's an amazing color on you or you're glowing or you look amazing. Um, and so for me, like that color is always this pinky peachy coral because I have pink undertones in my skin. So anytime I wear something pink or peachy or coral, somebody is going to stop me and say, oh my gosh, that color looks great on you. So I always encourage people, yeah, know, know what colors look great on you, but don't feel like that's what you have to stick to. Um, right. Because often w- with a little bit of makeup change, um, you can transform an entire look. And I mean, you know this, Julia, too, and like coloring your hair, like when your hair is darker, you've got to change your makeup versus when yeah. it's lighter. 
And similarly to with your clothing, you might have to adjust your makeup a little bit depending on what are, you know, are these cool undertones that you're wearing? Are they warm undertones? Um, so I would just say, and again, if you're interested in doing one of those color analyses, by all means, try it out and report back to Julia and to me and let me know what you think. And I want you to take it and make this into an Instagram series. <laughs> I know you're like, I don't want to, but I'm like, you should do it. See if it's a bunch of hoot nanny. I, yeah, I, you know, I reached out to a few stylist friends who I know and kind of like respect and ask them about it. And they had similar thoughts. So I'm just like, yeah, I kind of think it pigeonholes you into wearing certain things and thinking that you can't wear other colors. So anyway, I might do that. Yeah, I might. I feel I like it'd be a fun, that. like when you need, when you're just like, I just want to do something different. You should do that and see if it's, you could do an expose. Oh, I like it. <laughs> okay. This next question. And this is so funny because, you know, I'm putting together a fashion reel of five of my top things that I found at Old Navy. Um, and Old Navy is bringing the heat this season. That's all I'm saying. Like they have classic lines. And this is the first time where I have like seen five different things, right? Like a bodysuit and um, a skirt and a dress and, but they all have this very vintage aesthetic and I am going to be shouting it from the rooftops. But anywho, one of those items was an overall. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know what, let me just try. So I ordered it and I love it. I'm probably just, just going to wear it like to the playground or out gardening, but we got a listener question that said, I see a lot of overalls with a wondering emoji face, like a, Hmm, what's happening with that? <laughs> <laughs> I okay so them. I, <laughs> no I really don't I I mean I bought a pair um this past winter actually my husband did this this was part of my Christmas gift I he bought me from the the local store here um uh, the local boutique here and they're like a, a corduroy dark green overall and I actually love them um I think corduroys I mean excuse me overalls they I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Sometimes I think they are timeless. And the reason why, like Julia, I think I see you in overalls because I think it's so much of your personality and like yeah. it fits in with your aesthetic. Um, and for other people, I think they wear overalls and it's very much a trendy thing. And overalls were very popular in the nineties and there's this huge nineties resurgence. So it's not um, surprising that you would see overalls right now. But I mean, I, I feel like I've been seeing people wear overalls for the past I don't know, 10 years, maybe yeah. even longer. And again, I think it depends on your personal style and what you like. And I, let me just say that even being a stylist and having worked in fashion, trends come and go. Uh, we see this. I mean, they come, it's, it's like whiplash. It's hard to keep up with the trends that are coming and going. And that is why I think it's so important to define your own personal style and aesthetic and know and know what you like and what works for your body type so that when you see these trends coming and going, you can pick and choose like, yeah, that, that might work for me or like, nope, that's definitely not going to work. Thanks. You know, on to the next one. Um, and that's always my advice to people is it's less about like what you're seeing and the trends and more about like, this is what speaks to me. And this is what I love. And like mm -hmm. you just said, going into Old Navy this season and finding five things that you loved. I mean, 
I think that's great. That's that's how we should be shopping. Not like, oh, the color's cobalt blue this season. I've got to go rush to find something cobalt blue. Yeah, because then you're probably going to hate it if it's not like something that you're used to wearing or that you feel confident in. And then it's going to end up being a ethical problem. Right. It's like yeah, a vicious then... cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So this next one I am super curious about. I'm I'm going to try to go find some pants because I have been wearing the same jeans for like five years Mm -hmm. through a pregnancy. I -hmm. used to do that like trick with the uh, rubber band. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I gained 98 pounds, so that only worked for so long. And then I was like, you you know what? We're just going to have to wear a bed sheet around. But um, this person asked, what in the heck is the length now for pants? I am confused. I am also <laughs> deeply confused. What are we doing? Are we bell bottoms? Are we skinny jean? Are we straight cuff? What's happening? I just somebody. It's funny that you said it. Somebody literally just sent me um, a meme from Instagram, and this woman is hilarious. I can't remember her handle, otherwise I would share it. But she was like, what is going on with jeans? I can't get like, what's a mom supposed to do? I can't keep up. This is ridiculous. Um, Yes, I, here's my, here's my thing. I mean, skinny jeans for all intents and purposes, they are out for now. Okay. Um, If you like a skinny jean, again, wear a skinny jean. Um, My thought on jeans is wear what looks most flattering on what you feel good in and your body type. Yes, you know, more of a flare leg or looser leg is in. Um, and, but, you know, I think jeans right now are all over the map. And so if you want to wear a skinny jean, fine, wear a skinny jean. You might be a little bit outdated, but if that's what you feel good in, then, you know, rock your skinny jeans because eventually they're going to come back around. Um, if you feel better in more of a wider leg jean, then wear a wider leg jean. Um, just make sure that one, it fits, and that two, um, you know, that the length is appropriate for your height or for your shape. Or footwear and footwear. Oh, footwear, of course, is, is a big one, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I am, I have some skinny jeans and I wear them out of necessity, but I just feel like they don't look as good. And I find myself cuffing them because I'm five, six, right? I'm not super mm. tall. And if they go straight leg, it, I feel like it squats me. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it makes me look more squatty. So I have, I love Ann Taylor. For mm-hmm. some reason, that brand is always a home run when it comes to my bottom half. My top half, we don't know what's happening. Like it's either too big or, you know, I have to really pay attention to this the way any shirts or blouses fit me with Ann Taylor, but the bottom we, we agree on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing with denim and that's what I've had to do over the years is you have to try on a lot of pants and a lot of denim to find the brand, the size that works for you. And I have felt similarly with J crew and Everlane. So I have several pairs of denim from Everlane that fit me really well. And then the same for J crew as well. They not, not all their cuts, but there are certain cuts that I have worn for like post-pregnancy and after kids that I just really love. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like you also need to do a series on body type and also what jeans 
go best on which ones in your mm-hmm. opinion, you know, like mm-hmm. this is how I see it. And I've seen a lot of bodies and I've worked with a lot of bodies and I fit pants on a lot of bodies. And this is some commonalities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, feel like that would yeah. be, I would tune in. Yeah, no, I, you know, I could talk about this stuff all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you do, this brings us to the end of our conversation. You do, you can find April over at her Instagram. She is on there all the time giving us good fashion advice. April, say your handle. It's AP underscore styled. So A and then P is in Perrin um, underscore and then styled. S-T-Y-L-E-D. Yes. Yes. Okay, wonderful. Well, do you want to just say anything else before we head out? Um, obviously, this is a pleasure. Um, Julia is a friend, has been a friend for what were we saying? Like 12, 12 years, years 12, 13. A while. It's been a minute, like pre-kids, pre-husbands and all mm-hmm. of that. So anyway, it's just been a delight talking with you, Julia. And yeah, I'm always here for any questions and let's do it again. We will. We have like four other more episodes, obviously, because we couldn't be, we're already <laughs> at an hour and I'm like, I have so many notes here that I, we didn't get to. So we're going to definitely do this maybe once a season, maybe twice a season. I feel like that would yeah. be a good touch point for us just to kind of stay in the know, as they say. Yeah, definitely. I like it. All right. We'll take care and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How fun was that? Thank you, April. And like I said, she will be back on later in the year to chat summer and fall trends with us. You can find some of the brands we discussed in the show notes, along with April's TEDx talk. Please drop any listener questions you might have over on the Instagram. You can find me at Julia Curated, and you will also find this week's episode post saved in the podcast highlight. And as always, rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend or foe. It's totally up to you. And I hope you have a lovely week. I hope you make yourself something delicious for dinner. I hope you share a few good laughs with somebody that you love. I hope you make out like a bandit on your next thrift trip. And above all, I hope you find peace and happiness in your week. Take care. Until next time.